Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Let's just start by reading the Bible because that's, that's always good. So I'm going to read from John 8 this morning. And uh, I don't anticipate being very long. I say that a lot, and I always goes long. But so let's look at let's look at John eight. I think it's up on the screen now. John eight, and we're going to stop whenever I think we need to stop. Probably. So <clears throat> here we go. Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again. And soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and he taught them. In the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and they brought and he and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery, made her stand in the middle of everyone. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act. Of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like her or this? A woman like this? Tell us, what do you say that we should do with her? They were only testing Jesus because they had hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and he rode in the dust with his finger, angry. They kept insisting that he answer their questions. So Jesus stood up, looked at them, and said, Let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent over again, and he wrote some words in the dust. Upon hearing that, the accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest and, and, and with, a, with a convicted conscience, until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman, still standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and he said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on be free from a life life of sin. How many of you guys have been following the media uproar? of this past week. I don't generally like to comment or to give messages based on what is happening. But the Lord had other things in mind. Most of you, if not all of you, know what we as House of Hope stand for. It's written in our name. We're a house of hope. We, we come from a place that we believe that every situation has hope. In any area of our life that is not glistening with hope, then there's probably a belief system in there that is, is, is anchored around a lie. And we love. We, are, we come together as a house, and we learn how to love well and how to, to do things that we probably were taught that we didn't do as Christians because we were more concerned about perfection and doing the things that 
are right and wrong than actually making mistakes and, and then receiving grace and forgiveness for it. I have been, all my life, as, as long as I can remember, I should say, um, pro-life, per se. And what has happened, what I, is, what I have seen happen, well, first of all, let me tell you why I'm, I'm pro-life. Because my mother was pro-life. My mother was, I don't know, I think she was 26, 27 in 1969 when, when I was conceived. And she wasn't married um, to anybody. Uh, her and my father, I believe at the time, may not even have been living together or had just <clears throat> recently met. And the, the, avail- the availability of abortions in the 1960s were diminished than they are today, but it was still an option. And I know my mom was pro-life because she had me and she had my sister. And she actually had a child prior to me that I found out years later that she gave up for adoption. And we never talked about this growing up. I didn't actually find out that she had another son. Um, I don't know, Dan, was it when we were married? When you found your birth? Yeah. So that was in like 1997. I was like, wow. <sighs> I've, I've seen in the last in the last 10 years or so. Being pro-life has equaled, equaled or been equated to narrow-minded, religious-hating people. Just like if you are, take a stance on, 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 the, on the gay situation. It's always coming from narrow-minded, hateful, religious standpoint. And it, it, it so bothered me this week as I see, you know, the, the state of Alabama. And we're so caught up in American politics. This is America, for heaven's sakes. It's like it, it, it doesn't affect us yet, but at some point it will. And we, we, I, I see like my, my, my Instagram feed and my Facebook pages, they're just lit up with, okay, women, we're off, we're back to the dark ages. You know, time is an amazing thing. You can see it in the future and you can live it in the present. And in, and, and in the United States, women are going back to the dark ages. And I was like, ah. Oh. friend of mine, I, I posted something on Facebook. And um, it, was, it wasn't horrible or anything. And he, he just commented, he's a pastor, a friend of mine from Fresno. And, and he says, like, what, are we, what can we do as a church to, to influence positively, bring kingdom values to, to hurting people? And I said, it's not a matter of being pro-choice and pro-life, it's because we have to be pro-love. And I, I don't know where we, we've come up, where I don't know how we as a, as a Christian body, not House of Hope, but 
Christians. We've come to the place. Our influence in society has said, if you are pro-life, then you must be hateful. And you must hate the mother. You know, you, you, oh, you say that you're all for the baby and the life inside of her, but, you know, but you, you, you hate her. And, and as I was reading John 8 this week, this whole scenario of, of how this woman caught, in it says, in the very act so it wasn't like they were cleaning up after sex and, and, the, and the Pharisees walked in and said, you're coming with us. It was like the, the perverts were actually peeping in the windows, watching them have sex, ran into the room, pulled her off the guy, you know, in all of her glory and presented her to Jesus. How's that for a picture? So there she is, stark naked, standing in front of a group of onlookers and, and, and they're like, you got to do something with this. So wrong in so many in so many ways. And I thought, how is this different? How is this any different than all of these scenarios that we can come up with with a reason to have an abortion? How is this different than than a, than a young woman confused? And then given the option, and then she does it, and then we go, ah, you're wrong, you're evil, you've done this. Years ago, I was in a situation where uh, I was quite young, I was early 20s, and, and this, this woman, girl, had chosen to have one, and, and, and she was cast out of, of the church because of this. And I was like, that just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't, but, you know, and I was thinking, well, well, I guess that's just, I guess that's just what the Bible says. You know, and then years later, as I'm learning about love and learning about what Jesus did and, and, and why he, he did what he did and reading this and, and Jesus says to the, to the woman, he's like, where's your accusers? She says, I don't see any. He says, I'm not going to accuse you either. And he said, just like stand up and learn from your mistakes. Just don't do it again. Don't sin. And there's so much to that we can unpack. But I, I, I want to, I, I just, I'm struggling with pe- people dividing themselves so far from the left and to the right, saying I'm pro-life and I'm pro-choice. And, and, and Okaya and I had been, we haven't really talked about it, but, you know, Kaya is in a situation with school that it's everything is pro-choice. Like, how do I say that I'm, I'm pro-life? What about the choice? What about the rights of women? What about rights? It's tough. Because do we agree that men, women, children, teenagers, black, white, Islamic, homosexual, have rights? Do we all agree with that? I would hope so. I would hope to say that, yes, it wasn't a trick question. <laughs> we, Every person, if you are breathing, whether regardless of the color of your skin or, your, of your, or your, whether you agree with whatever, you, we do have inherent rights that I cannot go up to somebody and slit their throat because they believe something differently than I. I would be put in jail, rightly so. So there's the sense of my body, my choice. 
It is true. But, but there's always this but. And this is where this ethical, this ethical thing comes into mind. But what about this situation? See, we have, we have gone so far to either side of the spectrum that we fail to actually reduce it to a, an individual, in, individual problem, individual issue, and say, how, how do we handle this situation? We, we, we have to swing back to the middle and go, you can be pro-choice but anti-abortion. You can be pro-life and still love. It, it's not either or. And that's where I'm thinking we, we, we need to come to the place where it's, we're not accusing. We're not, we're not hating. We're not, you know, it's like we're going to love and, and accept not, and, and work with these ones. Statistically, you know, one in four women have or will have an abortion. That means there's a good chance in this group there's been some, and, and there's no condemnation because we don't know, we don't, you know, we don't. A very good friend of mine had an abortion, Kimberly Johnson, and she speaks about it, and she speaks about the healing, and, she, and there's, there's, there's no condemnation any longer. If we are in Christ, Jesus, like, said, he wasn't condemning the woman for having an affair. It wasn't even like she was a hooker and she was, you know, hooking up with somebody. It was, she was having an affair. He was having an affair. And, and the guy, where was the guy, right? It's like all of these things. And, and how, and what am I, oh. you know, what am I, what am I trying to get at here is that we have to be a place of hope for people who are going through situations, whether they're pregnant and alone or pregnant and married and just all of this, you know, the, the the statistics that you can read, well, what about if they were raped? What about if they were, if they're poor and unable to support? What about, what about, what about? And all of the what abouts, we have to actually come back and respond with love. You're, you're poor, you don't, you can't, we will help you raise. We will give you support. You don't want that? Do you want to adopt? Do you want to put it, like, it's like, why, why all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but why do we have to actually focus on abortion? Or why does that have to be an option? And I think that's the issue that we've gone away from. It's either you're pro-abortion or pro-life. It should never be that. That's not the issue. The issue should be whether or not we're ready to step in and take and help, and love, and be a place where, where, where life happens. And if a choice is made where life doesn't happen, then there's got to be some healing, and there's got to be some, some love, and there's got to be like... The, but we have to be prepared for that. And so, like, my heart is heavy this week. I was just like, and, and my kids, Maddie and, and, Zach, or and Andrew, they, they've just gone off of Facebook and all, all of social media. Andrew texted, I don't know if you saw, if you follow him, he's in true Andrew form. Well, I'm off of Facebook or I'm off of social media for the rest of my life or whatever it was. It was just like cut and dry. And so I texted him and I was like, yo, what's up? That's, and he's just so sick of all of the extremism 
And, and Maddie got this, she's like, yep, me too. And I thought, yeah, and I was close. If I wasn't having to you know, use it positively, but I just like, oh. So I guess what I'm doing is saying that as a leader of this house, it's my heart to provide a place for everyone to walk through their process. Whether you are, um, can, it just we love, just to love. I'm not even going to give examples because all of us are in different places. All of us have been through different experiences. All of us are different. But the one, the one thing that is actually holding us together is Christ. It's his love for us and how we are communicating that love to each other. Providing a culture of love is, is going to be way more empowering than making a line in the sand saying, if you're not pro-life, then you shouldn't be part of, you can't be a Christian. Like I have friends in the United States who, who are, are avowed Democrats. And, and I have friends in the States who are avowed Republicans. And it seems to be a hotter topic in the United States than it is in Canada, but they're learning how to love each other in, in those differences. And instead of being so left or right, they come together and we have to agree that there are things about both sides that are positive. But we're growing up and we're existing and we're living in a culture of extremes. And sooner or later, it's going to swing back to the middle. And hopefully we can land there and we can be actually in the middle before the, it swings and say, okay, now we're ready and now we're prepared to, to help and to process and to um, not be so extreme. I don't know. Does that make sense? Remember in the 1990s, they went, no, it was early, later, earlier than that. Late 80s, early 90s, um, in Calgary, the Kensington Abortion Clinic opened up. And it was in that period of time that it, it, it was common and encouraged for Christians to go and, and to picket. It was late 80s and all throughout the 90s, actually, that was, that was the way that Christians showed their dis, disapproval for anything. And so they would go and they would pick at the, you know, pick at the, the abortion clinics. And then they would get violent. And they would start throwing eggs and, and tomatoes at the girls that were going in. And I was like, and I was about 20, 21 when this was going on. And I was like, damn, this is just like... And you know what? Social media today has become the pickets, the picket lines of, of, the, of that era. Because we're so brave and we're so, we're so be, you know, we're, we're so full of righteous indignation as we sit behind our tablets or phones or screens and we pound out a, a, a lengthy diatribe of how this is wrong and not knowing how it affects the people who are reading it. Because that's what we do. 
And so we need to be loved. It, like, I was very careful of, of how, what I posted this week. Then I changed my profile picture to me as an old lady, <laughs> just to lighten it up a little bit. But our first, our, our first response has got to be love. Our first response has got to be, I don't, I don't know your situation, but you know what? I'm not going to condemn you for it. And we're going to be a place because as I think as, as, as things shift, as we're preparing We've had all these prophetic words about preparing, you know, being preparing, shore up the sides and get ready. This issue now is going to be another issue that we're going to have to learn how to love through. And I think we're doing a good job. Don't get me wrong. And this is not a like you, you're not doing this, but it's we, it's I feel it's got to be highlighted just to say there's another issue that the church has been labeled as haters. You know, for a while there was the church was labeled anti-gay, anti-homosexual, and like whatever. It's just not true in this place. Do we, you know, do we look for healing? Do we do we do we walk through identity? Yes, we do. But it's the same thing with with men and women who are going through the process of of, of deciding to keep a child. And I say men, not knowing knowing that the men have had a part in this. Someone accused me of saying, you have no voice. You have, as a man, you have no voice and no speech in this. And I'm like, heck I do. Because if I got a girl pregnant and she's considering abortion, I had a hand in that. Responsibility. Just like the man in Jesus' story, he, where was he? You know, he, was, he had broken the law of Moses. The Ten Commandments. It was in the, like, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Well, she wasn't married, so it must have been okay. You see what I mean? It's like, it, it, it's not just women's rights that is up for grabs. It's actually a breakdown of societal ethics. And the answer for that is Christ. The answer for that is Jesus. The answer for that is love. And he's like, he's laying it out. Jesus lays it out in all of the gospel. Everything that he does, every quote-unquote sin that he was addressing or would be brought to him, his response was love. And so we have to realize that people under stress are not acting under their best behavior. How many of us, just, just take a straw vote, how many of us, when we get under a huge amount of stress and there's things going on and we don't understand, we're actually firing like, yes, we have absolute, we're solid and we can make clear decisions all the time because, because stress doesn't matter. We're not built that way. We are not ourselves and we get scared. And I think it's great that people, that we're starting to realize that we're here for each other and that we can actually reach out and say, hey, would you pray for me? Or can we get together for coffee? Or it's interconnected. 
That's what we need. I had another brilliant... Oh, right. I said, so when we're scared, we're not being ourselves. So let's just say I'm stressed out. I'm having a moment. And you all have never seen me do that, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Joking aside. You know my heart. You know who I am. And so you can say, he's not, he's scared. He is not actually acting like himself. We need to inter, intervene and help. You know, when, when, when our kids growing up are freaking out and they're like, they're scared and they're, and they're being dis, disobedient or they're misbehaving or something, it's as a good parent, you just, you pick them up out of the situation. And what do you do? You were probably taught to spank them and then put them in our room. But that doesn't help. You pick them up out of the situation and you draw them to themselves. He's like, it's going to be okay. Just calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. You hold them a little bit tighter until they actually calm down. And then you speak, and then you speak into them. It's the same thing that Christ does that with us. That's the place that when we're afraid, we can't be our best, but people around us in community can say, that's not who you are. Let's, let's help. And that's a provision of love. Wow. Told you it wasn't going to be long. <laughs> Does that make sense? Is that, I, I don't want to be a heavy. Did you, did you, I, I just want to... I want to drink. I just know that we can't, we can't be extremism in this. Jesus was, yes, Jesus was an extremist. He was an extremist in love. And he set, up a, he set up a method of dealing with the law. And that was love. Melody, what were you going to say? Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, let's pray. <laughs> um, knowing the full well that, that you know the, what is happening in the in the United States before we pray is, I believe, is a good thing. Because I'm all for protecting the rights of the unborn. I, you know, if I, if I would, had lived 150, 200 years ago, I, was pro- I would probably be a pastor that would be anti-slavery. 
Like it's just, that's how I'm built. I read something the other day that everybody that was opposed to slavery at the time were actually free men. And everybody opposed today, um, or in favor, sorry, everybody in favor of slavery were free. Everyone that's in favor of abortion have already been, are living. Um, so I, I realize that it's a huge shift in the United States after 50 years of, of huge anti-abortion laws. But we live in Canada, and what does that look for us? And I know that Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservative Party, has said that he will not um, reopen up the whole can of worms of, of abortion in Canada. And I thought, uh, at first I was a little bit like, oh, here we go again. And then I thought, you know what, I think there's wisdom in that because as a society, we're not there yet. As a society, 10 years ago, maybe we could have revisited it, but today we're not. And that's something as a church that we need to begin to pray into because we're not fighting flesh and blood, right? It's like there's generations of children that are being lost because of, of that. And I think if we, we need to begin to pray into that, that, that society would actually shift and not say it as a rights issue, but a life issue. Again, pro-life, but love. Not condemning those who are actually either way, but finding a way to love them. And like Melody said, celebrating God's goodness. Celebrating how good he is. And changing. Our, our, our influence in society will change. Our circles of influence will change as people say that we're not haters, we're lovers. Bottom line. Anyway, let's stand. Yep. right yeah i would love to see unplanned come to can or to come to cranbrook i'm seriously looking into it because it's it it just anyway i can get militant but i actually don't think i could <laughs> anyway but we, we 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 need we just need to get god's perspective on this it's not a political issue it's 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 a hard issue Abortion isn't the issue. It's getting back to the heart of God and seeing how good he is. And then loving people through these processes. We all have stories. We all have stories. But if we can be in a place where, where love is, 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 is real and love is actually active and true love is, 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 is working then, Healing is coming and strength is coming and we are stronger because of it. So, so Father, I, I just, oh, thank you. Father, we lift up this situation 
this whole political poop storm that is happening, even in Canada with, with, the, with the government and the movie theaters saying no to this particular movie, Lord, we even just stand today and say freedom over this situation. Anytime something is banned like that, we know that there is something either really inherently good in, in, the, in that media source, and there's fear, and, and there's something deeper going on. And I'm reminded of what Hitler did in, the, in, the, in Germany, banning books and banning this and banning that and burning and, and stuff. And, and, and I'm thinking, Father, we don't want to see a repeat of history. We want people to be allowed to choose. And so we speak freedom. We speak freedom over our political um, leaders. We speak freedom for people to actually be able to choose. And so we, we, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to go into the halls and the annals of, 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 of these people's hearts to change that and to make, let them realize that it's bigger. And Lord, even clerical errors we speak into <laughs> existence that, that, it's, that just there would be freedom. And Father, help us to love. Help us not to judge. Because, man, we just, we don't want to be judged. So we declare this morning as a house, as house of hope, as this family this morning, that we are a place of hope. We continue to be a place, a, a shelter for people to come in and just to sense and to receive and to, and to embrace your love for them, your goodness. And that we're not afraid of anyone. Anyone can come in and experience your goodness, Father. And we stand together as a family and we say, we are that place. And if that woman caught in adultery was cast into our, into our presence, our first response would be to cover her up and raise her up to, where, to who she is. Both literally and figuratively, Father. We just thank you. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.